0: 229 and 499
1: or you can go big how big big diamond solitaire studs big
0: she'll be wearing those diamond studs with pride for the rest of her life
2: The largest diamond store in Louisiana is Ramsey's Diamond Jewelers, on veterans between Bonneville and West End in Metairie.
1: Terrebonne General Health System Community Sports Institute is recognized for outstanding service and contributions to Terrebonne Parish. We provide a certified athletic trainer to every Terrebonne Parish high school. We also provide concussion baseline testing to over 1,400 student-athletes annually, along with CPR and AED certification to over 500 area coaches at both the schools and the recreation departments. We are proud to be your trusted resource in keeping our community safe. Visit TGHealthSystem.com.
2: you have a pest control problem, Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies has an experienced staff that can guide you with the products to use yourself for your home or business. They carry a full line of professional products for termites, mosquitoes, ants, wasps, fleas, bedbugs, mice and rats, or any other pest control needs you may have. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. Call 985-475-3314. That's Roundtree's Pest Control and Supplies. You're listening to ESPN
1: 100.3 FM. KLRZ, La Rose, New Orleans, and the River
2: Region. It's time for the Sports Hangover with With Gus Kattengill. Local sports, national sports. The G-Cat is on it. Oh, you made a wise choice, my friend. Now, settle up for a tall glass of sports talk. Here's the Sports Hangover with Gus Kattengill. It's game night.
3: Game number two between... The Pelicans and Suns in Phoenix, nine o'clock It's game three this evening. We got two of them, uh, both on T, two on TNT, one on NBA TV, Hawks and Heat Miami leading that series one nil, seven and a half point favorites, six thirty over on TNT. Pelicans will follow that at nine o'clock on TNT. T Wolves and Grizzlies Memphis, six and a half point favorites in that game. They trail as Minnesota won game number one, Anthony Edwards. Had a really solid performance in that first game. Carlin Anthony Towns did as well as the Pels taking on the Suns tonight. And Phoenix is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. We've been playing head coach Willie Green. Some of the possibilities and changes. doesn't seem like it's going to be a ton of what you're going to see, I guess, personnel-wise. And He said it's not just yet. He said just everybody just kind of didn't play well. So he's going to go with the... Maybe we'll play better approach as opposed to personnel changes. At least what he says. I mean, obviously may go the route of I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to do. Last night, three games, Raptors 76ers, and it was Philly when he won 12 to 97. Joel Embiid 31 points. Toronto trailed by as many as 27 points in that game. It was testy. Uh, it, it's one of those series right now where Toronto feels like they're, they're getting job there. They're not getting the calls from game one. So they came out and, I mean, there was a shoving match within the first 90 seconds of that game with Joel Embiid. Um, Embiid had words for Nick Nurse to stop, you know, complaining. Using another word, it starts with the letter B about calls. Jazz and Mavs, Dallas winning, 110-104. Who had Jalen Brunson as being the hero in that game? 41 points in that one. And uh, no look at Doncic. Is he, uh, still nursing that calf strain? 1-1. If you're Dallas, that's a win. Like, that's, that's, that's a win-win. Win-win of a win-win, right? A, you won a game without Luka. And the series is tied. You're good. Now you're going to Utah, but still, I think if you're Dallas, you would, you would take a split with not having Doncic with the calf strain again, though. It's one of those injuries, man. He's, how do you heal it? How long does it heal? And, you know, hope that you don't, heard it further. Nuggets and Warriors. Right now, Golden State is a, is, is one of the storylines, I would say, if not the storyline right now, the postseason. I know a lot of attention nationally, cause it's the East Coast, they're paying attention to Philly, Harden and Bead, and all that, but dude, the Warriors have looked insane. And Jordan Poole, 26 points last night. Steph Curry, 34. Coming off the bench, by the way. Poole is starting. Klay Thompson, 21. That team just looks deep. They look good. They look in rhythm. And if Poole is playing like that, they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out. So let's see what the games are tonight. Want to hear from you Pelicans fans. 800-998-1003. Give me some keys tonight. Who needs to have a big game? Is it B.I.? Is it C.J.? Um, are you trusting the Jonas thing right now? You heard Daniel Sallerson of the Pelicans Radio Network who joined us in hour number one. He kinda jokingly said he got killed on social media for saying that, you know, he had broken uh, the playoff franchise record for <laughs> rebounds in a postseason game. Valentinoon twenty five because he would miss all those shots. The guy still had eighteen points. And and I saw a lot of Pels uh fans or people that covered the team questioning if you know you should be on there you got to sit him down i'm like man let's not be hasty you got a it's one of your strengths and i've never felt that you go away from your strengths because they're getting beat if they're getting beat they're getting beat you give credit and you give kudos right it's sort of like to use the football analogy saints have been a passing team or were when drew was younger and if a team you know Got a couple of pass deflections. I I don't think Drew Brees is going to say, well, let's run it 34 times. That's my adjustment tonight. I'd like to see the Pels put the Suns in a defense mode, if that makes sense. One way, shape, or form. Whether you're attacking, whether you're moving the ball. just They felt like the aggressor on Sunday. And... They felt that way because they were. I mean, you saw them immediately come out and jump on you defensively, but now you've seen it. You saw the team adjust as the game progressed. So i I, I, I just like to see him attack. Force it. DeAndre Ayton killed your guy? Great. Let's get two fouls on him. You don't think the two first quarter fouls in Herb Jones were big? 800 like to hear from you Pelicans fans as... We get closer here to game number two because I do think that is one of the things that I think can be an issue tonight. How about we get them in some foul trouble? Be great. I don't think Brandon Ingram and C.J. are going to have slow starts again just because of legs and being able to rest and being able to get ready in this game, I think can help from a standpoint. I don't know, obviously, if they're going to be able to beat a lot of these different defenses and stuff, but let's see what happens. A lot of Fans have been saying, hey, I'd like to see minutes being taken away from Devontae Graham given to Trey Murphy. I I said this earlier in the show. 26 minutes for Trey, 10 for Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham had the least amount of minutes on the bench. I already got a text. 10's too many. I I hear you. Do you give the 10 to anyone else? I'd love to give it to, you know, Billy Hernan Gomez. That's just me. Yeah, out- rebounded him by 20. That's going to be adjustment for them. I got to imagine crashing the board is going to be something important. Head coach, Willie Green, after practice yesterday, the importance of that. I thought
2: it was fantastic that it's, it, that's not something that we don't do. We, we crashed offensive glass, and So we just did it better, especially, uh, with missing a ton of shots. You know, there were, there were a ton of rebounds to get. Now we want to make some more shots. So it probably won't be as many offensive rebounds, but anytime we can get
3: in there, we want to. So that's something that I think you can use as an advantage. As is why, again, I say Billy and Gomez, continue that rebounding, try to attack, and try to get high percentage close to the basket buckets. I, I think that that could work there as well. Coach Green on being more efficient. We just have to be
4: patient.
2: I thought we were rushing. uh We were getting offensive rebounds and trying to hurry up and go back up. You know, a lot of times you get offensive rebounds, that's a good time to catch and then turn and look to the three ball. Um, so we can be a – a bit better with just being patient when we get those opportunities
3: one of the other elements that coach touched on yesterday was the the minutes that that Trey Murphy has had have been you know spectacular so far the last several games he's a
2: floor spacer and um, he can guard multiple positions he rebounds the ball well but when he touches the floor you know guys have to guard him because he can knock down the three ball
3: As for Trey, being able to get these minutes, I think it is spectacular. Here's the other aspect of it. You have to be ready for it. It's not easy to do. You can think about it. You can be ready for it. But the last several weeks, he's been getting more playing time. He's getting more trust. And he's coming through. He's been hitting some of the biggest threes ever. Trey Murphy. Just staying mentally strong like I've always been. I mean, you know, I never really got too low, never got too high through any situation, and, you know, I feel like that's definitely prepared me for this time, and, you know, I definitely feel like I'm more than ready and uh, capable to contribute. Uncle Earl, thank you for giving us a call here in the Sports Hangover. How are you feeling about this game going into game number two? Hey, Goose,
1: how's it going on this beautiful Tuesday, it's baby?
3: beautiful, man.
1: Hey, Goose, I, look, I'm, I'm, look, I watched it because since I fell asleep, I'm old. I, I can't stay up these late games, but anyway. Uh, I watched the game last night, and Goose, look, the Phoenix is—I'm not at all, man. Look, it's a—it's a great team, but I watched that third quarter, and they made a basket, we made a basket, they made a basket, and then we got it down to like six points.
3: Yeah, six I points.
1: Mean, we we could play with this team, man. I I really I truly believe that, and uh, man, I would love to see more minutes with uh, um. Larry Nance Jr., that kid has impressed me, man. 20
3: minutes so last one, yeah.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, uh, that kid has impressed me, and I would like to see Trey Murphy. I mean, that, that kid could shoot the ball, man. And I, honestly, I would like to go big. I love the rebounds, Goose. I love the rebounds. I love the rebounds. I, I, that, that's one thing I think we can get on them, and I would like to see Alvarado on Paul. Even though Paul has the height, he might back him down a little bit. Alvarado is like a little gnat, man. He might get him off his game a little bit. And I, look, I'm not saying we're gonna to win tonight, Goose, but I tell you what, it's gonna be like a 108, 104. I think it's gonna be a very close game. We got a shot, mm-hmm. but when we go home, I see us winning games three and four. I really feel good about this team, and, and, and we could play with them, Goose. Let's just stay together, baby. We can do it. I hope you have a wonderful week. Always a pleasure, Goose.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Uh, appreciate the phone call here as well, man, Uncle Earl. I think one of the things as well that was interesting was if you remember Willie Green after the game, talk about – I'm trying to think if I can find the bite. Might have been on the loss overall. Let me see. I think this is it. This was after Sunday.
2: To start the game, it was extremely physical for our our group, for our guys.
4: And um, we didn't adjust to that in the first half. Third quarter, second half, we – we made the adjustment that we knew the game was going to be physical. They had their hands on us, um, which means that we have to play faster. We have to get into the paint. We got, to, we have to crash the glass, all the things that we did, but just got to make some shots.
3: I referenced this yesterday when I played that. And, and again, I think it's a, it's a point to bring up into this game. So Nick Nurse after game one, veteran, what have you complained about the lack of calls that game in Philly. It's just a whistle fest yesterday. You've heard coaches do that in the past. Damian Gundy did it as well. Coach Green went the other way. Coach Green said, handle it. Coach Green's played in the postseason. Coach Green coached with the Warriors when they won the championship. Was it the Suns last year? Now, they, they made it to the finals. They made a run, but they weren't a favorite. They... They probably felt like that chip on the shoulder, that underdog, that, hey, we just got hot, but we're playing well. Now They they had a solid season last year, but I don't think anybody looked at them as they're winning the West. Not like this year. So I think that's an interesting aspect of it. But you heard him say that. I'm bringing this up because Aaron Summers, part of the Pelicans Radio Network, just tweeted, Suns players talking to the media right now, Jay Crowder, said his goal Sunday was to make Brandon Ingram feel him. Quote, B.I. is a great player, deserves our respect. Crowder's focus was on B.I. and C.J. He wanted to set a tone on how the series was going to be played defensively. So, again, that's a game plan. Phoenix, make them feel you. And you saw that. I mean, I, I referenced it. I mean, I started just chuckling. Two, three minutes into the game. I'm like, Oh my goodness. This team can play some defense, man. It's incredible. You saw them swarming. You know, B.I. would put the ball once or twice on the floor, try to get going. Two, three jerseys right on him like that. I did pass the ball. CJ, another two, three jerseys on him as well. Just the entire time, the quickness, the feel. I mean, I'm on the couch watching it, and I'm like, oh My goodness. I mean, like you, you, you sense it in feels and you don't get that comfortableness as opposed to remember when Chris Paul Talked about how he could set his feet, he could feel the temperature of the room, he heard the defensive calls from Willie Green, knew it was coming, relaxed, launched a shot, knocked down some threes, 15-17, 17-19, either assist sister scoring in a fourth quarter adios muchacho ball game. That's the difference, that's experience, that's understanding it, but I, I like Willie Green's approach here. I didn't feel like I watched that game like the referees got you. So I think he is handling it the right approach. There's some games. There were some calls. Like I thought Herb Jones getting too quickly. I mean, Cam Johnson was begging for a call. Herb stopped him from penetrating, got him to pick up the dribble. He's pumping once. He's pumping twice. He looked like old man in the driveway trying to find space. Found him Finally just launched into him and got the old, hey, we made contact. Give me the foul call. That was personal foul, two for Herb. Early. First quarter. Stunk. So, I think that's the key. How you come aggressive. I mean, how, how do you fight that aggressiveness? Do you put the honest on the officials now to blow their whistles? Think about it. Are we driving? I think that's something that I'm, I'm interested in. Right out the gate, everybody drive to the basket. Force them to call it. They got nine blocks in that game, too, as well. Can they do it again without whispers? Open segment coming up next. We'll play some more sound here as well. Give me a call, Pills fans. How are you feeling about tonight? Uncle Earl, confident? Let's see what happens. the Sports Hangover on ESPN New Orleans. We didn't have much
4: time.
1: The
0: non-attorney paid spokesperson attention past and present industrial plant workers in louisiana if you were pregnant while working in a petrochemical plant a refinery or other industrial plant your children may be entitled to compensation birth defects have been linked to toxic chemicals and solvents used in the petrochemical and other industrial plants located between new orleans and baton rouge so if you were working in an industrial plant where toxic chemicals and solvents were present and your child was born with a brain or spinal cord disorder skeletal organ or limb deformities a heart condition cerebral palsy, genetic damage, or other problems, they could be entitled to compensation. Call the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman at one 99 toxic If you are a current or former petrochemical or other plant worker and your child is suffering from birth defects, call one 998 6942 today. Contact the law firm of Philip C. Hoffman to evaluate whether your child is entitled to compensation. Call 1-833-99-TOXIC now. Responsible Attorney Philip C. Hoffman, New Orleans, Louisiana. Valley 2212725.
2: Stop, drop, and let the good times roll. The Thibodeau Fireman's Fair. Thursday, April 28th through May 1st. Live music, pay one price wide. Live auction, food, drinks, Sunday parade, one mile and 5K run and walk. And this year, you better get a bigger wallet with a $15,000 raffle prize. Plus, live music takes the stage all weekend long, including Friday night. It's Nashville recording artist Chris Cagle. And Saturday night, Louisiana's La Rue. For all the festival info, go to firemansfair.com. The Thibodeau Fireman's Fair. Always free admission, always fun. Tiger drive in Thibodeau.
3: 106 miles Goggle. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit
5: it! Now
2: back to the sports hangover with Gus Catengal.
3: really is gonna take us as being together, playing together, and playing for 48 minutes. We can't uh, we can't deviate from that. We got to stick to the game plan. And just play our hardest, and you know, just give ourselves a chance to win at the end of the game. I feel like that's all you can
1: really ask for. And at the end of the day, you just got to make plays. Then.
3: Trey Murphy to third, TM three after practice yesterday. Mister Black, thank you for joining us, sir. What is going on?
4: Oh, uh, it's going. No. gone. What was that? Can you hear me?
3: Yeah, good. I think you went out on me. Hello. Yep, I got you. Can you hear me?
4: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I can hear you now. How your day going?
3: We're doing well, man. Uh beautiful weather. Game two. You know things are going well. Nine days from the NFL draft. I'm watching Todd McShay tell me Jamison Williams' stock is rising. Let's see what's happening. I'm ready to go, man. It's gonna be a fun next couple of weeks, dude.
4: You're right about that. I'm loving second festival, everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, well. I not, can't man? comment on on our team. Okay. I'm glad. I'm I'm happy. You know, nobody expects us to go this far. All that I need him to do is just toughen up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. That's all. Toughen up. I think we can get this one tonight. You know what I'm saying? Bring him. Keep staying aggressive. McCall, be aggressive. You know what I'm saying? Make them call. Make them make them calls on us for us. You know what I'm saying? And other than that, and Hayes just hit the bowls. Don't Mm stay on the three-point line. Just throw to the hole when they double up. when they double B-I on McCall. You know, just run to the hole. They're going to throw you the ball. Nice little dump. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm asking. They're tough enough. You know what I'm saying?
3: Other than that, man, what you think about that? I, well, I mean, that's why I brought up that sound bite, Mr. Black, um, right before the break there with Willie Green saying, you know, we need to realize what kind of physical defense they're going to play and how to handle it. And then he went boom, 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 how to handle it, right? Play quicker, move the ball, attack the rim, and get, and get to your open looks. He didn't say – you know, I didn't care for how physical that was. We didn't get the calls. He, he immediately said, all right, we didn't adjust to how they came out. Jake Crowder just said it at shoot around. He just said it. That was their goal to me. And you could see it. I mean, like I said, B.I. Yeah, took, B.I. took two dribbles, Mr. Black, and he was getting body banged, you know, but all again, all night. again, that I love the head coach saying, and what's your point? You know, it's kind of one of those things where he goes, man, they, they're all over me. And he goes, and what's your point? Get, get over it, you know. Figure it out, and, and I love that attitude because it challenges them and then lets them know that this is what it's going to be like. Also, Mister Black, he's probably saying that's how we want to play defense.
4: That's what yeah, we need you to want do. To. It's yeah. Big time huh? No, it is, and that's why I like
3: about that. You start complaining about that. Then the officials get whistle happy and they can also get whistle happy on your side and I I liked I liked hearing that from him but I also liked hearing that from players and see how they handle it and that's why I'm saying I'm with you Mr black um let, nice. let, let's see that tough for side today which is why I said I think what you do is you drive right force force the zebras force the the officials to, Blow to that, make that call up. Yeah, no, I mean, make it a storyline. Make it either, my goodness, you're not getting any calls, but at least you try. Cause I mean, that's the thing. If you, if you go away from that contact, you know, make, like I said, maybe you get the two instead of Herb Jones. It's two on Aiden. Maybe it's two on yeah. Booker. Maybe it's two on Crowder, like they did. Crowder was non-existent because of fouls early on, right? But maybe that yeah. was, he was here, he was there to be the goon. Fouls yeah. here, fouls there, but I, I'm, I'm setting the tone. He was happy with that. So, Who's that guy for the Pels tonight, to your point, Mr. Black, that shows up and takes the court and goes, all right, it's going to be a 48-minute battle. It's going to be a war. Who's that guy, you know?
4: For me, it should be B.I. You know what I'm saying? But then again, I'm looking at the whole team, mm-hmm. not just one player. It's a team thing. You see how they coming out. They coming out rough. Everybody, they on their same page. We need to be on the same page. We need everybody. The eight man, the nine man coming off the bench run into the hole toughen up. You know what I'm saying? This is how this a young team. Is it like your big brother slapping you around? You wanna get tired of that. You wanna hit back. Time to time to hit back. Everything. You, my big brother used to tell me if you can't hit me with your hand, kick me. Mm-hmm. Bite. Strike. Make make me call mama. Make <laughs> me call mama on you. You know what I'm saying? Right. right. That's what my big brother taught me. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. that was I need a whole team. Ain't no single I don't need no just one person. Because McCall, you know, um, you know, he missed a little shot. B.I. missed a shot. But, you know, it like in when we were down 13 against the Clippers, they went to the hole. Then they started getting a false call. They, they was man enough. That's why I need again. You know what I'm saying? They tried in the second half. You know what I'm saying? The first on the playoff game. Mm-hmm. Let's keep going. Come out come out in the first quarter, first five minutes. Let the referee know we here. You know what I'm saying? We ain't going to just let y'all push us around. You know what I'm saying? That's what mm-hmm. I'm looking for. If you lose like that, I still respect you. You know what I'm saying? But at least you pull up a fight. And that's all Max. Pull up a fight. You know what I'm saying? That's all Max.
3: No, I hear you. you. Know. And, I, and I'll say this, Mr. Black, as uh, as we move on to the next caller. I'll say this, though. They did. They almost got it down to 10. They went on a run, led by 19 and a half. But to get it down to 6 yeah. in the 4th, I, I thought that said a lot to me. And you heard Reggie Miller say it. He knew it was gonna to be tough to overcome it, but he said, This is something you can take to game two. You didn't go away. And I thought what yeah. he said was was very poignant too, in that you're leaving something for them to think about. Right? Yeah. I mean, you're leaving something for them to think about. And you heard Monty Williams at the end of the game. They're not going anywhere. Like at Monty Williams at the end of Sunday's game said, This team's gonna fight. So now we know what we're yeah. what kind of series we're in. So, you know, again, those are those little things that I think start setting the foundation of who you are, what to expect, and what you're going to get. And to your point, look, Minnesota showed up to Memphis in game one and took it to them. I mean, and took it to thing them. And
4: the next we'll see, don't change that line up. Okay. Don't change that line
3: up. Okay, so you're going Keep with it like no change.
4: There were guys here. Okay. Don't, don't run from it.
3: Sounds good, man. Thank you, bud.
4: All right. Yeah, have a good
3: one. All right, man. Take care. Mr. Black. To the coordinator we go. Sir, thank you for giving us a call here in the Sports Hangover. Good afternoon to you on this Tuesday, April 19th. What you got? man? how you doing today? You all yeah. right? Yeah, I'm doing good, man. You ready? Listen,
6: the guy just ended with don't change the lineup, uh-huh. and that's what I was about to start up with. I, I don't know. The, to be honest with you, I didn't see the last boss of the game. Mm-hmm. I had to get up too early. <laughs> so with the lineup that started, I, I really, I, I feel as though they do need to change the lineup okay. and change some of the. Um, I, I really think Billy needs to be on that floor more. I Who's think that? Billy needs to be on that floor more. Billy, yeah, Billy okay. Hernandez. Yeah, I love Hernandez. He, he Gomez, needs to be on that dude. floor more.
3: Yeah,
6: and I'm, I'm surprised. You know, the last two, guys, I haven't seen him on the floor, so I don't know what they're doing. Mm-hmm. He needs to be on that floor more because he have, he have great footwork as a big. You know, so with that being said, him. Alvarado need to be on that floor just like the guy said. He's a pest. Throw Chris Paul off his game. Give him some of his own medicine. You need somebody like a Caruso that plays like that. You mm-hmm. know, somebody like, um, the guy that nobody likes that left the Clippers that jumped on his jumped on his um the oh. the You need some <laughs> right. you, you need somebody like that. Alvarado hustles to the ball, he makes hustle plays. So they need to change that lineup some. I would not put Herb Jones on Chris Paul. I'll put Herb Jones on Devin Booker.
3: That's what he did most of the season. That's what he did most of the season. Maybe that was one of those, hey, let me change things up and do that. And you saw two quick fouls by Herb Jones early on. Look, the, the one thing about Patrick Beverly, who's the guy that you're mentioning that now is with Minnesota, and look what he did. Yeah, I mean, Patrick he, Beverly. Yeah, they were making fun of him crying that they went into the playoffs. Well, you know what they did? They went to Memphis, the number two seed, and won game one. So maybe we shouldn't make fun exactly. of Patrick Beverly. <laughs> you know what
6: I mean? Oh, I never, I never make fun of him. No, this. no, I not us. Like I'm just saying like – Patrick played.
3: No, I say what I mean, us. Like, oh, we, like the national media was saying, yes. I, sh- I sure as heck didn't, man. I did not see man, that Man, I'm not game. Worried
6: about the national Yeah. Hey, we can't worry about the national media. Them people going to always – say what they want to say, but I like a player that plays like that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, a hustle player that's always in somebody's face. You know, so you need somebody that's going to put pressure on the ball. Don't let them walk and get into their sets and th- anything like that. Be aggressive. Go to them aggressively. And I see a lot of balls that be getting tipped out. I don't see players fighting for the ball, diving to get the ball on the floor. I don't see them playing with that passion like that, like Alvarado does. Mm-hmm. and also like larry nance does you know what i'm saying it's more than just you know you got they got to play more defense you know what i'm saying they don't have enough three point shooters you know to be trying to shoot that many threes well they, they don't have too well, many good three and to, it,
3: it, here's wait, the thing sorry. Here's, no i was going to say coordinator i i do think a lot of what you're talking about diving for loose balls that effort that energy that's going to be there a little bit more i think tonight than Perhaps Sunday, because as I mentioned, and I'm not using it as an excuse, there's a reason you bust your tail in the regular season win 63-plus games to be the number one seed, so you don't have to worry about a play-in, and you can rest, and you can wait, and you can go a week without playing. That's what the Suns did. The Pelicans had to play a play-in at home against a... Popovich team, that wasn't going anywhere. Then you have to fly cross-country, three hours and 48-minute flight. That's not the, you know, travel there, travel back to the hotel, get ready to go. I know they're five-star, I know it's a charter. It's still travel after the night of a game. And then you got to take on the Clippers, and then you got to beat them. And then you get on a flight the next day, get to Phoenix, and then go to bed, wake up the next morning and play the Suns that are out to win a championship. It's it, It's tough. I didn't say they can't do it. That's why I'm proud that they got to well, it in six remember, that showed fight. But what I'm saying now, is, a, a day yesterday to get back to a normal routine and an all day today, I think you're going to see a little bit more of that hustle play. I think you'll see a little bit more of the diving and things of that nature. I, I just think their bodies needed to, you know, adjust to that, to be honest with you. And also,
6: one more thing. Mm-hmm. Tunis, he needs to play. He need to be begging more for that ball in the low post. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing I don't like about his game as a big. He rebound? Don't get me wrong. But he don't – He not aggressive enough asking for that ball. You know, get that ball in the low post and play like a big man. Play okay. big. He don't play big. To me, he don't play big like a big center. Should play big. And that's what I – you know, that's my opinion. I, 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 that's just my opinion. He don't play big. When you get in that low, you stop being behind the three-point line waiting on the ball (laughs) to shoot a three-point. Get down there. Go run and get back in the post. Post the ball up and, you know, spray the flow. Make them come double-team you, you know? Then you can kick the ball out to whatever, you know what I'm saying? I just, to me, the lineup, they have to change that lineup some. They have to put some more players, change the lineup some. That's just my opinion, um, you know? Yeah. But I'm let you go, man. Go ahead with
3: the rest of your callers. No, sounds good, man. Appreciate the time so much. There he goes. The coordinator. Quick break, we come back. Boy, your phone calls. Um John Sigler will join us here. Cajun Goat, I see you you're holding on. How about give me two quick minutes? I'll get to John Sigler. Can you give me what you need to give me real quick? What you what you what you think about tonight? Hello, Cajun Goat. Hello, can you hear me? Yep. you got, man? Give me about two minutes. Go.
1: All right, yeah. The, uh, the I think tonight guys got to quit holding the ball when people are sagging and leaving them wide open to take shots. I like to see them take more shots, and uh, defensive intensity needs to pick up a little bit more than what it did the first night. But I can understand that coming off of a game. But uh, and and uh, I would just leave what Willie said. Leave the rotation. See how it works in this game. If uh, guys start taking more wide open shots that they have instead of uh passing, trying to be so passive and be more aggressive in shooting, I think uh we
3: win by 15. That's it. Ooh, give me a 15-point victory. All right there, Cajun, go. Let's see what happens, man. I'm hoping they, uh you'll be calling us to lead the show off tomorrow by just patting yourself on the back. How about that?
1: I sure will. I'll be patting myself all day. I can tell you that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love it. There he goes, on uh, the Cajun go. Quick break. We come back nine days to the NFL draft. John Sigler, he, uh, he quote tweeted a NFL.com mock draft today that had an offensive tackle going to the Saints in the first round as well as receiver. Everybody breathe. Let's talk to John. When we come back, managing editor of Saints wire on your home for Pelicans basketball ESP in New Orleans. Help.
0: I need somebody help, help. not just anybody. Help. Help. You know I need someone help. Advanced eye institute and in cutoff is your hometown eye care provider. Dr. Darby Chasson is here to serve the eye care needs of your entire family. Full service eye medical and vision services are provided in a friendly atmosphere for the latest in designer frames to advancements in astigmatism and bifocal contact lenses. Call Advanced Eye Institute at 985 632 2884 for your appointment today or visit our website at vision source advancedeyecutoff.com.
2: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply eighteen, ten, three, three-and-two stall restroom air-conditioned trailers anytime, anywhere, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Planning an event? Visit Joe's Septic at bizcom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchard, Abbeville, and
0: Reserve. When you're sick, you want to be close to home. World-class medicine doesn't require a trip to the city because the best care is close to home at Thibodeau Regional. We're continually adding new services, and our team of physicians has grown to more than 250.
6: That's a lot of doctors.
0: More doctors, more services, treating more conditions.
6: And keeping more families healthy.
0: World-class medicine, right here, close to home at Thibodeau Regional.
2: Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. Now I look at Ron Rivera, and I look at the commanders, and I say, Carson Wentz, was he just a placeholder? Because there's a part of me that looks at Taylor Heineke, and I'm thinking, man, I kind of like what I see from Taylor Heineke more so than what I see from Carson Wentz. I see the influence in how Taylor Heineke fights for it, and i see the way other people don't respond to Carson Wentz. That makes me worried about his leadership. G.J. and Max, mornings on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Talker, ain't you? The man that likes to talk. Now, back to the Sports Hangover with Gus Cattingill on ESPN 100.3
7: FM and ESPN 1003.com.
3: 800-998-1003. Hmm. What receiver would you pick if you had a, a few available or not? Peter Schrager, good morning football host. You know him. He's up there with... Uh, the crew in the morning. That's a great show, by the way. Good morning, football. It really is good. He made his mock draft. At number six, your Carolina kitty cats, Kenny Pickett. That's been either Kenny Pickett or Malik Willis. Again, I I just, I do not see a world where the Panthers do not select a quarterback. As a matter of fact, Mel Kuyper, you know him, NFL draft expert for ESPN this morning. Get
5: Malik Willis, I have to believe you have to, you gotta get in the top 10. I can't see him a talented quarterback, dual threat, great kid, with teams like Carolina, Atlanta, Seattle, and then Pittsburgh. Are they gonna sit like New England did and wait for Mac Jones? Now it worked for New England. They didn't go up anything. He fell to 15. Is Malik Willis going to fall to 20. That's going to be the talk of the draft, the storyline of the draft going in, because this is a division with Burrow, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson, and the AFC loaded with quarterbacks. I got to believe an iconic organization like Pittsburgh, the Steelers, you've got to get a quarterback. It's going to be interesting who it is. You got to believe Carolina with no second and third round pick. Did they move off a of six down a little bit, figuring, hey, we can get Pickett or Willis and then move down if they like them both the same and maybe pick up a draft choice since we have no two and no three. So Carolina, Pittsburgh are the two teams that for quarterbacks, all eyes will be on
3: john sigler managing editor of the saints wire at john underscore sigler is the way to give a follow over on twitter john good afternoon how are you
5: hey guys i'm doing fantastic we had a great weather day outside a good day to talk
3: football Uh, let's get to it (laughs) not a shot the panthers aren't taking a quarterback if they're at six right
5: (laughs) not at all i think i think carolina wants to trade down very badly Uh, really they they don't have yeah they they don't have a two or a three this year after after their dumb trades uh for (laughs) For Sam Darnold and for Stephon Gilmore, uh, they they really shot themselves in the foot, and I I think they really badly need to trade down, and I think they would, like, in in their perfect scenario, they would move down a a few spots and still get a quarterback. Um, I just don't know that anybody's going to want to trade up because of the way this draft is kind of playing out. Um, It's like there's this big shelf between, like, the top five or six prospects and then everybody else. So. I just I I think that's what they would like to do, but I don't know if they'll be able to do it. you know?
3: I do see more and more mock drafts not having quarterback to the Falcons. Do you think they would go quarterback?
5: Uh, no, I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, the, the way that team has been now, that they, they need help at every single position, um, including quarterback. Um, if, if I were guessing today, I would say that they're going to draft a receiver, uh, just because. They they they're really they're not going to be competitive uh, anytime soon, um, but they do need to you know have some kind of a functional offense out on the field. And mm-hmm. right now, uh, their receivers are um, you know uh, creative players in Madden. Basically, it's it's just <laughs> I mean they don't have any everybody's left. Uh, Julio demanded uh, a trade. Um, he, he he's out there. Calvin Ridley out for the year. So so they they need something there. Um, and I really. I've just got this gut feeling that they're going for Garrett Wilson. They're going to make him the first receiver off the board. Um, and either him or Jamison Williams. Like, it, it just – that just makes too much sense to me for them to get a receiver, play right. out this year with, with Marcus Mario. Kind of like what the Saints are doing with Jamison Winston. See if that's your guy. And then next year, swing for a quarterback if you need to.
3: You know, that's the thing, right? I mean, you look at the – quarterback class and so many draft experts John say that next year you'll have that but gosh, they don't have a first round or they don't, I, I get it you can find a way to do so I mean you, you can you know get in there if you want and trade future picks and things of that nature for your quarterbacks I just I go to what Keyshawn Johnson said several weeks ago two weeks ago on ESPN that the Saints are not going for quarterback this year or next year they're in win now mode then you go with the fact that you know um and coach Dennis Allen Flew to Malibu to talk to Michael Thomas, who was at the game for the Pels and Sons back on Sunday. You know, got a relationship there with Keyshawn. Maybe that's where he got the news from. And didn't hear yeah. Cam Jordan last week, right, when he made the rounds on ESPN last Monday, that he thought they were a 13-win team, and that's the expectation this year. That You're not doing that drafting Pickett or Willis. I don't buy that at all, That that's what the Saints want to do.
5: No, and whenever the Saints made that trade with Philly to get that extra first round pick this year, you, you know the uh, the the knee reflex kind re, reflex, of can't talk from uh, <laughs> from everybody was oh well they're doing this so they can get more ammo and go get a quarterback and I'm like that does not line up with what the Saints are trying to do this year. Uh, they, they, they want to get two starters. I feel uh, there in the first round, whether that's a, uh, a receiver and the left tackle or a receiver in the safety. Um, gosh, I just hope one of those is a receiver because I can't watch much more of this. Um, (laughs) But, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, I know the Saints like some of the quarterbacks this year. If Mm -hmm. the right guy is available at the right spot, it would not shock me if they made that pick. But I don't believe that they're trying to trade up into the top ten for somebody, that they're they're hoping someone falls to them at one of these two picks in the first round. I, I don't think that's how they're looking at it, and I think that is the smart approach. I mean, you would hope that things go the, go the way you planned but as uh, Mickey loomis uh, t- talked about um, was it with uh, peter king I, th- I think you know th- this is all about having flexibility and being able to say that yeah if we if if we like the quarterback here we can take him and then we can make a move later or we, we, we have options now whereas before this trade you know we, we had the one pick, and we were kind of you know crossing our fingers hoping that somebody good would fall to us and that now we're in a good position to make make the move and have a couple different options in front of us. And I think that's the smart approach.
3: Speak with John Sigler, at John underscore Sigler, managing editor of the Saints Wire. John, I love that this draft has, as you're mentioning, depth at two positions of need. So you can go best player available at that position. That's how I kind of look at it. Let's say you go receiver at 16 or tackle either way. But is there a receiver that kind of stands out to you? you know, I like Traylon Burks, but I'm kind of partial. Like, do Arkansas game day, so I've kind of followed his career. Love his size, and that guy can play. I think, but and I think he'll be there at 16 and 19. But I really have kind of fallen for Chris Olave. I, I just, especially when you hear that there's a relationship with him and Michael Thomas, and you know, for whatever you want to say, keeping a guy like that invested, happy, and not feeling jealous of another receiver and all that stuff for whatever the reason. Um, not a bad thing. Is there a receiver that, if available at 16, that you would take?
5: Yeah, that's my guy there. Chris Olave, he's my favorite receiver in the draft. Um, if, full disclosure, if Jamison Williams had not torn his knee up in January, he would be my, my, my preference there, but. But with Chris Olave, that's someone who can immediately, right now, step into the lineup and go make plays for you. You're, you're not waiting for him to get right. healthy. You're not waiting for him to pick up the playbook. You're not waiting for him to um, figure out some kind of a dynamic with Michael Thomas. Like, And, and to that point, I feel like that, you know, j- just totally on the outside looking in, and I'm very far on the outside. Michael Thomas blocked me on Twitter for some reason. Um, <laughs> I, I, I feel like Michael Thomas would relish that opportunity to be able to mentor someone Right. That, that he already, he's already on the same page with Chris Olave. You know, yeah. obviously they're both Buckeyes. They, they have that relationship. I, I think he would really um, embrace that. Um, and Olave, you know, got so many draft analysts really focus on what players do after the catch. Yep. Um, to, to, to me, that's like the third most important thing here. Can the can the can the receiver get open and can he catch the ball when it's thrown to him? Chris Olave does those two things better than anyone else in this draft class. He runs the best routes. He's got some of the most reliable hands you'll see. He's my guy. I would love for him to end up in black and gold, and I'm just really uh, praying, knocking on wood, if you can hear it here, that he'll be that he'll be available at 16. Um, he, he, he's my guy, and yeah. like you said, what that if you get that receiver, then you can go best player available at 19. You can take a tackle if they fall. You can address uh, safety if you, if you feel like. That's a good spot for it. You you could even take a quarterback. You know, I mean, you have those options. Yeah. And that's what's most important here. Like, we need to restock because this team was built over these last four to five years. This team was built on its 2017 draft class. Mm-hmm. All but three of those guys are gone, and so you've got to stock the depth chart. You need to get all these new starters. You, you need to replenish your talent, uh, and you, you just got to reload and put Jameis Winston in the in the best. Um, situation to succeed and to me that means getting him better receivers and getting him better protection.
3: John Sigler managing editor of the Saints Wire um, about three four minutes left here sir I I know you have to improve that offense and I know that's going to be a focus and a target but the strength of this team has been the defense and looking at what you retweeted earlier today the Peter Schregler from NFL.com latest mock draft they have a lot of A at 16 and at 19 Jordan Davis, the tackle, 6'6", 2, you know, 340, has to combine. He was 360 in Georgia. All I know is that guy is a monster. I mean, the size oh, yeah. of that guy. And you saw him in the national title game. He kind of rebounded from that a not-so-good SEC championship game. Look, I, I saw that, and I immediately saw Saints fans go, no, you need a tackle. I know you do. At 49, you could probably get one. I like Zach Tom from Wake Forest. I think you can get him in the second or third round. But I, I hear that. But dude, if that's your strength and you saw how different this defense was without Anyamana, you had a guy like that to just plug the middle or put pressure. I mean, that guy is just a house. I mean, I just, he's going to make, just, I'm just thinking of the size of that D line with Turner, Davenport, the house and Jordan Davis, who is athletic and, and Cam Jordan. Dude, that is a ridiculous D line.
5: Yeah, I would love either one of the Georgia defense tackles in that spot. Jordan Davis, I think, is probably higher graded around the league. Trevor um, he, yeah. he, 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 he's up there with, like, Vita Vea as one as one of the really impactful uh, nose tackles coming out. And I know that, you know, he, he doesn't have the pass rush stats that everybody loves to see, but, like, that wasn't his job at Georgia. Right. Uh, that's not something that That is not something that they've been coaching him up to do. That's not something he's been prepared to do. Get him in the room. Get get Ryan Nielsen to work with him. I was going to say like he, Ryan Nielsen. Like he, Give him, yep. The, you could because David Onyamada was not known for that either. C- coming out of college up in Canada, uh, Ryan Nielsen t- took an elite athlete, um, really helped him reach potential, and now he's one of the you know top twelve or fifteen best defensive tackles in the league. So you you get someone who's a legitimate blue chip prospect like Jordan Davis. Um, you you can figure out some kind of program to keep his weight down somewhere that he can play three downs for you, and I think he just let it rip. So I, I've been saying for, gosh, probably a year now, that defensive tackle was like a really sneaky need for the Saints, uh, for, for, the, for the defense. Like, it's not a top priority the way that, like, safety would be, or even sure. linebacker if Quan if, like, Alexander ends up leaving in free agency. Um, but it is something you need to address, and the Saints have been kind of putting a Band-Aid on it. These guys like um, Jaleel Johnson and um, – uh gosh, who's the guy who, uh, street um the, the one who broke all all Drew Brees' ribs at one Contabious. time uh, thank you thank yep. you yeah uh yeah and so th- they've been putting like band-aids on, on this problem but we're getting to a point where you have to make a real move because uh, Onyamata sure. is in a he, he's in a contract a year he'll, he'll be a free agent that, uh, this time next year there you go um you need some kind of a long-term solution here and if that ends up you know getting one of the most fun college football players that I've seen in a while falling into your lap at 19, uh, I think you sprint to the podium.
3: (laughs) No doubt about it. And as you mentioned it, as we close up too, man, I think the way that Pete Werner played last year made me, uh, you're seeing, that's why Quan Alexander's visiting the Jets.
5: Yeah, I think so. You know, Pete Werner, he faced a lot of questions when the Saints made that pick. Um, I know a lot of fans were kind kind of iffy on him. Uh, but he really proved his worth. Uh, he, he got to start, I think, four or five games um, when Quan was injured. He was on the COVID list, um, and I, I think it's time for him to get that opportunity to start next to Demario Davis. Now, I do think you can figure it out. And, you know, you whether you bring back Davis or add someone else, or if you bring if you bring back Quan and or someone else, you can still have Warner be your starter and then rotate somebody else. And depending on the situation, like passing down or whatever. But I think Werner's ready for it. But the only way we're going to find that out is if he gets that opportunity. So it's a really interesting situation. I wrote about that earlier this morning. There's so many ripple effects here as far as the comp picks and what Mm -hmm. the Saints do in the draft and all this stuff. So I'm really intrigued to see how this one plays out.
3: Good stuff, man. Thank you for your time this afternoon. Can't believe only nine days away, man. We'll see what happens.
5: Finally, only nine. I'm, I'm <laughs> so grateful. So tired. I'm so tired of mock drafts, man. I would love to write about something else, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there sooner than later. Thanks for the time.
3: For sure, John's the managing editor over there at the Saints Wire. Thank you so much, man. Appreciate the time. Quick break. Gary Smith covers the two lane Greenway. They host the fifth, sixth rank Southern School the Eagles tonight. We'll talk to him next on ESPN New Orleans.
0: How do you make the most of your mow? Tony and Melissa do it on a John Deere Z-Track mower so they can... Get as much done as possible. I jump out of the house, a cup of coffee, and I'm at work. It's just really fast! There are millions of ways to make the most of your mow. How will you make the most of yours? Nothing runs like a deer.
3: Run with us. Visit Home Attractor today next to the Tunnel. The other day, someone said they saw a
1: roach the size of a nutria down around cutoff. I don't know about that, but nasty pests like roaches, termites, ants, and spiders are running wild up and down the bayou. If you got bug problems, call Terminex and the Bayou Boys, Dan and Billy Foster. They'll be there in a jiffy to protect your home or business. So whether you live up the bayou or down the bayou, Terminex is here to get rid
3: of bugs any size. So call those Bayou Boys. They'll get you, get you Terminex tough. Adventure,
2: intrigue, mystery, romance. It's a storm of entertainment that brings down the house. Now, back to the sports hangover with Gus Kattengill on ESPN 100.3 FM and ESPN 1003.com. 800-998-1003
3: if you'd like to chime in with us later on in the show. Coming up at the top of the hour, buddy, the graph just gave me a text. He's out of shoot around. We will call him at the top of the hour as shoot around has concluded for the Pelicans. Right now though, we meet with Gary Smith, covers the two-lane green wave, amongst others, for the advocate and Picky Big game tonight. greerfield Field and Stadium, Southern Miss Golden Eagles, ranked fifth and sixth in the country. Paying a trip to Uptown New Orleans. They'll face you a no tomorrow. Gary, an important weekend, or I guess two days for both of these schools, right? Because of Southern Miss's RPI and their ranking, both teams really need to get wins here.
7: Yeah, I think this is a make-or-break week for Tulane in in, in baseball in terms of of regional possibilities because – Southern Miss is going to be the only top 25 RPI team that Tulane plays this year. Um, they, they had their shot at them in, in, Hattiesburg. That didn't go too well. But, uh, the pitcher who pitched for Southern Miss that night graduated to Friday night starter and is currently seen dominating <laughs> Conference USA on mm-hmm. Friday night. So that was a tough matchup for Tulane. Um, they won't see him. Southern Miss has kind of done a kind of a whole staff approach in their, in their recent midweek games. It'll be interesting to see what they do with another game against UNO tomorrow night. Um, what, what their plan is tonight. But yeah, Tulane needs that, that, Eye popping win on their on their resume, and and that's what what this is their their chance right now against like Southern Miss tonight. I mean
3: take a look at the Green Wave. Look, the the expectation levels were you know trying to make regional this mm-hmm. year, and and the American was one of those teams. that, you know historically, ECU has been one of those top mm-hmm. teams. How, how do you feel they are this year? ECU is coming in yeah. town this weekend. And the team lost at Houston the series there as well, and that was a team that had kind of been running the top of the conference before ECU sort of has. First, I guess, start with overall the American. Are they as strong as they've been in the past?
7: No, this is by far its weakest year. It's, it's not even close. I mean, right now they're ranked 10th. Um, in, in The first year Tulane was in the league, it was ranked 3rd in the nation behind the SEC and the ACC. I didn't actually think 2015. I didn't actually think it was as good as that rating, um, but that that's a, that's a pretty big drop from 3rd to 10th. Um, that 10th is in territory where if you don't win the league in the regular season, you're probably not going to get in that large bid. Um, mm-hmm. And that that's why this weekend is going to be so important for Tulane cuz East Carolina's got a game lead on them. Um, East Carolina was supposed to be great this year. They were mediocre all year long. Then they went to Orlando last week against then first place Central Florida and in the last 24 innings they outscored Central Florida 30 to 2. Um, so it seems like they found a lot of answers over the weekend and so that's gonna be a huge Tulane have to win that series. They they need to beat Southern Miss. They absolutely have to win the series against East Carolina this weekend, have to win two at least two of those games to uh, have a reasonable chance to, to get to a regional.
3: Every Thursday before baseball season starts, we always talk to the, the head coaches of all the teams in the state and, and Gary I always bring it up. Midweek games, man. I, and I know Matt Moscona has a whole different view, but that's LSU. Uh, and whether that's or not LSU, it's important or not, exactly. Situation. But, <laughs> like, your Tuesday, Wednesday games, and more importantly, mm-hmm. the starts you get from those pitchers. Yeah. And you look at this year, mm-hmm. when you look at the Green Wave, you had games where you had six error games. You had games mm-hmm. where the pitcher you know, struggles to get out of the first or second inning. Like, to me, it's so important that you, like, almost have a yeah. guy that you can depend on to get you what? that win.
7: Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, look, Tulane's had some great midweek games. They 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 beat Southeastern twenty-three to one. Um, <laughs> right. They beat Southern nineteen to four. But then they go to UNO last week, and UNO literally threw the worst pitchers on their staff, other than their starter and their last guy. And Tulane managed five hits. They were able to scrape away a win. But this is a Tulane team that's really one of the better hitting teams in the country. Um, they they absolutely have to approach tonight like it's a huge deal. And I always go back to two thousand and fifteen. Um, uh, that was the first year under David Pierce. Tulane was right on the bubble. They were one of the last one or two teams to get in the field. And they got in the field because before they played East Carolina that year, they went up to UNC Wilmington, which was a really good team that year and beat them on the road. If Tulane had lost to UNC Wilmington in that midweek game, they would not have gotten in. It's as simply as that. Mm-hmm. UNC Wilmington ended up eliminating Tulane twice in the regional in Baton Rouge that year. That's how good that team was. But, That this, I think the Southern Miss game is similar. It could be a case at the end of the year where you look back and say, if Tulane beats a top ranked, top Southern Miss team that's probably going to host a regional, that that could be the difference between Tulane getting in and not getting in. And you're right. Pitching performance is huge. Probably going to go with freshman Chandler Welch tonight because Carter Robinson was due to be the starter. He came in on Saturday against Houston and uh, couldn't get an out. Walked a guy, gave up a single, a double, and a home run. And uh, he only threw 11 pitches, but I I I don't think I, Travis Hewitt said as much. He doesn't think he's going to go with Carter Robinson um, um, tonight. Mm-hmm. It looks like Tulane's going to go with the freshman Chandler Welch, who's been up and down. He needs to be up tonight.
3: I, I, look, I, obviously, you, you've you've kind of said it already. Speak with Gary mm-hmm. Smith covers the Green Wave, U N O, and amongst others here for the Advocate and Picky. I I just I. I hate to say like do or die or things of that mm-hmm. nature moving forward and all those other things, but man, it, it, it does sort of feel like at this point in the season, it, it is right to kind of look at it from that perspective. I mean, I, you're already at the point where you're going to have to probably win the conference tournament. So it, it's about maybe kind of trying to find. Certain yeah. Well, players.
7: Yeah, I don't the think. It's, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's that point yet. I still think Tulane can get an at-large bid if they win okay. the league in the regular season. Okay. And again, they need to beat Southern Miss tonight because Tulane's only played five games against teams that are ranked in the top fifty, I think, in, in in the country in the RPI. One game against LSU, one game against Southern Miss, and then the three games against Louisiana Tech. There's no Tulane is the highest RPI team in the American at fifty-one right now. They were they were fifty um, until last night. So there's still range for them to get. If they, if they do well against Southern Miss and do well against East Carolina, I would expect them to move up to the top 40 in, in the RPI, and that's traditionally where you need to be. Um, but it's this week. This is their one chance. This is their four games where they can make a statement about getting an at-large bid, and if they don't do well in these four games, then you're right. It's gonna Then it'll be just a basically you have to win the tournament to right. get in, or, or not, or, or you're not getting in. And hey, The last time that Tulane entered an NCAA a, a conference tournament, not on the bubble and want it to get into a regional was 1992. Right. So that was, what, 29, 20, 30 years ago. Oh. <laughs> so the, the odds ain't good if that's what you're relying on to get in.
3: Yeah, no doubt. And in the final two minutes here, Gary, 19 and 14 on the season, you know, you know, Blake Dean's season mm-hmm. You know, they had a bit of a streak there when they went a bunch of games in yeah. a row. They've lost four in a row though, but, you know, they, that, that Southland, they may not get a, a ton of that national recognition. Mm-hmm. Nichols on top, they were the first year head coach. Matt Riser's trying to make a comeback there. They're yeah. tied at first. This is a big game tomorrow for UNO, taking mm-hmm. on yeah. Southern Miss before they go into their weekend series. Yeah. Um, yeah.
7: that's right. Yeah, you know, Gus, sometimes I feel like I'm the kiss of death because I wrote a feature on UNO last week about how this was their team that could win the conference championship because they, they were, I mean, they, they can rake and they'd been pitching better and they were six and three going into the series at Southeastern, which had been struggling all year and had a losing record as the preseason favorite. And Southeastern just, just hammered them basically three straight times. That, that was a surprise given the way UNO had been playing earlier. So yeah, it's an important game for them tomorrow night just to get some of their confidence back. Because that was a surprising result in, in, in Hammond um, to see them go in there and just not really be that competitive for the mm-hmm. most part with a southeastern team that had been struggling all year. Um, they're still that conference is still balanced. First place is seven and five <laughs> in, in the Southland. That's incredible <laughs> um, after four series. So UNO is one game out of, out of first right. place right now. So it, it's still there, but they got they certainly got to play better than they did over the weekend.
3: Gary, in 30 seconds, because I'm about to hit the top of the hour break, uh, just a thought on the spring game for two-lane football?
7: Yeah, I don't really have any thoughts on that. No, I mean, (laughs) they split the (laughs) slide. They, they don't, I mean, it it doesn't, it, it, they, Overall, they looked pretty good in the spring on offense. They completed a higher percentage of passes in this spring than any other spring I've seen under Willie Fritz in in, in seven years. Spring game didn't go so well for Michael Pratt, and uh, he seemed to have the less talented of the two rosters in the game. But I, I don't I don't put much stock in it. They had six new coaches. It was a whole learning process in the spring. Mm-hmm. They've still got plenty of time to to, to iron out all this.
3: So there you time. go. You're, so your your lasting thought heading into fall camp is. They got a lot of coaching to do amongst their coaches yep. too. That's a good, that's something good. To do. Hey man, enjoy the game tonight and tomorrow on the lakefront, obviously against Southern Miss. Should be a fun one. Thank you for your time today, bud.
7: Thanks for having me on.
3: Yep, for sure. Quick break. We come back. The Graph Buddy says if you can give him a call, por favor. It's next on ESPN New Orleans.
1: We don't want you on our team. You're too slow and fat. This is Weight Bias. I'm worried about your weight.